right. told him. I'm gonna tell you first off. Besides the issues that me and you got, the number one reason why me and you will never be together is because of your mother. Welcome to Successfully Speaking with Tyler Smith Barbosa and myself, Jessica Courtney Rivera. Tyler and I are very good friends of oh my god, twenty years. We've grown up together, become mothers together planned weddings with one another, and now we're here, growing businesses and riding the waves of life. Thanks for joining us. Just looking at my mother's relationship with her Mm mother-in-law, I expected it to be really easygoing. Mm -hmm. I expected, um, you know, just like a little bit of background about my Mimi, okay? Because Mimi was the mother-in-law who brought dinner, um, she, uh, had my mom over, they went to New Hope and did brunch and they got their nails done. First off, Mimi did, like, is adorable and I wish she yeah. was my, my grandma. Like, she, right. She, so like, I expected to have a really like easy relationship. Like it never even occurred to me that mother-in-laws were, um, a thing like that whole stereotypical like mother-in-law daughter-in-law relationship like I never expected Mm -hmm. that because I don't know it just didn't occur to me it just it didn't even make sense honestly like you know at that time you know as a teenager I'm like you know why why would a mother-in-law have a problem with her daughter-in-law like what is that what's why why who does that um my grandma, my dad's mom, is my best friend. Love that lady so much. I'm closer to her than I am to my mom's mom. Mm-hmm. And my parents weren't married, and they broke up when I was, like, seven. But my grandma was always, like, she took us everywhere. She's the one who taught us about, like, arts and stuff like that. Kind of like Mimi, essentially. Yeah. Um. So I never, yeah, I didn't think that that, that was an issue with you know, like the, the whole dynamic was even a thing either because my grandma, she, you know, she asked my mom what her boundaries were with us and, you know, whatever boundaries my mom gave her, she just stuck to it and that was it. And there was, there was nothing to it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just, when Ephraim and I first started dating, we were teenagers. So there were some things like, you know, but it wasn't a, it wasn't the real experience, like because we weren't married, and I didn't really have any like preferences. And I remember though, um, I was a teenager, and I was talking to my mother in law. Her name is Miss Angie. That's what we call it. And um, I was talking to her about shaving, and she was like, "Oh, you know, it's so much better if you." Um, it's a spray she used to use. It was called surgery cream. And like surgeons use it whenever they're like, um, you know, trying to get rid of hair right. off of like a, a patient's body. So she recommended it and she bought me some. Are we, are we talking about, I used, wait, wait, are we talking about like shaving like our legs? No, like your, like your the, private area. I mean, she, of course you can use it for your legs, but yeah. I never... I don't know why I never grew hair on my legs or my arms or anywhere, you know. Okay. Okay. So private area. Okay. Cause I'm trying to yeah, picture so, this, but go ahead. And you know, like mothers and daughters, like that's like a thing, mm-hmm. like, you know, teaching your daughter how to shave. That's like a thing. 
So, you know, I feel like she just was so excited because Ephraim is her only child. And like at that time, like, you know, I'm a girl and I'm like, you know, I'm a girly girl. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, she had somebody like we would paint nails and stuff like that. And this is, I'm talking to teenager, teenager days, like 14, 15. Um, And she recommended it and she bought it. And then I used it and I left it in the shower. And my mom was like, Hey, what is this? Like, you know, I noticed this in the shower and I was like, Oh, Miss Angie bought it for me. She said it's better than shaving. Cause my mom, you know, she hit, we hadn't really talked about shaving yet. Mm -hmm. And my mom was so upset. Like, I want to say she called her. I don't remember. But I just remember my mom being like, you know, that's my job. You're my daughter. Like, so she felt know, like like there was a boundary that she had crossed. Yeah. So like, you know, talking about like boundaries and stuff like that. Like that was something I feel like um, now that I'm thinking about it, like that was always a thing. Um, boundaries or the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. But you know, as a teenager, I, I just was looking at my mom like, bro, it's, it's shaving. Cream. So Are you- aside from like um, the boundary conflicts that you do have or that you're leading up to, being a mom of a daughter now, do you feel like mm-hmm. that was a boundary that was crossed or do you feel like that was like ego from your mom? I feel like um, as a mom, I think that I definitely would have like if it were me, I can't really speak from the perspective of my mom, right. but if it were me and I was, you know, having someone else's daughter in my house, I would, I would have probably asked mm-hmm. what mom and daughter had already discussed. Okay. Because whenever you're giving, and this is like my, maybe my teacher brain, but like whenever you're giving somebody something that they've never used before or like, you know, you just don't know the customs of a family or whatever the case may be. Like, I, I probably would have wanted a little bit more insight mm-hmm. just out of respect for the other family. Like, not knowing exactly what was permissible or what was allowed in at home mm-hmm. versus my own. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like it was, like, with ill intention. Like, I think she yeah. was just... Excited. You know excited and offering advice and it, it was felt like a, a good you know like a moment Bond, a bonding moment for you too yeah yeah so um it was definitely innocent and like you know after my mom had the chance to kind of process it she just was like you know it was something that I would have rather you uh, discuss with me because they did end up having a conversation about it but um I don't feel like my mom was like, like forever angry. It was a, it was a moment, mm-hmm. but, um, so I feel like from there, like our relationship was pretty good. Like we didn't really have a lot of issues. Um, when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. like everything was, was fine. I mean, we got in trouble like normal teenage kids would do, like having a door closed or uh, staying too late. Or maybe I came over after school and Ephraim didn't do his chore or, you know, right. like just regular stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and I saw her as like, like the way I saw your mom or like, you know, like fam, like friends, family friends and stuff like that. Like I definitely didn't see her as a threat. I saw her as like, you know, somebody who were, who, you know, I could talk to and who had my best intentions and like, you know, mm-hmm. had my best interest. So, you know, as I got older um, and Ephraim and I broke up, that's when I kind of started to see like things, you know, kind of unfold. Was she so, mad at like, y'all? Mad at you when you broke up with him? The she first was livid. <laughs> she was so mad. Like she called. Because like, how dare you break up with her son? Yeah. What did she say? And she I'm like, you? I don't even remember because I pro- I was half listening. Because <laughs> I, I just felt like, girl. <laughs> like don't you know that we're gonna make up tomorrow you know it's so funny though like (laughs) when you decide that something is not serious like (laughs) right you just be like okay whatever you be right like even i remember times where i would call you and i'd be like living about something upset you'd be like girl ain't nothing wrong with you and i'm like yes it is (laughs) go to sleep Go to sleep. When you wake up, you're going to feel much better. I'm cracking up. Even my kids, like, go take a nap. You need a nap. <laughs> Your favorite line. You need a nap. I need a nap. So I think you need a nap. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, you know, she was so upset. And then, like, that's when I kind of started to notice, like, okay, these are, like, some boundaries that I have. And, like, I felt like, it just wasn't her place. Like, why are you calling me to talk about like a fight me for him? About like, relationship like issues silly. between y'all two when you aren't the one who who salt the insight in the first place. Yeah, that's definitely right. So you know, yeah. you know, Kai's. So again, Kai isn't my husband's daughter. Mm-hmm. I met her dad like a couple weeks after my 18th birthday, and he's five years older than me. And I got pregnant like three months into knowing this man. Mm-hmm. but um, his mom, I thought I loved her. She was nice. You know, she was always like, you know, you can stay over mm-hmm. it, whatever. It's like the minute I got pregnant, like as soon as I got pregnant, I like I started seeing signs about stuff and she was just like, yeah. like really crazy. So now I got pregnant and I, I was six weeks pregnant when her dad got locked up and I started staying with his mom. And me and his brother are the same age. And so she used to get mad at us. Like, how dare y'all sit here and giggle when Andrew's in jail? Like, and that's when I started to know, like, she's a little bit. What? Right. Like, I mean. I can't laugh. <laughs> and so it just got progressively worse from there. And, like, I would go to, to jail to see him. And then we would just argue the whole time I was there. And then right after I would leave, she would call me. And then I would have to argue with her about what I argued with him about. And it is like, oh, wow. And then, like, things I would post on Facebook, she would call me and tell me how it's inappropriate to post those things. And it just started getting really crazy, where, like, to the point where my mom was like, okay, I'm going to go say something to this lady because she's like, it was harassment. Like, literally, yeah, she would, that was a bit, like, every time I would see her name on my phone, I'm, I would just start crying already, like, because this is about to be something. <laughs> and she used to say this thing, like, every time, this is how you know she would curse you out, she would call you and she would say, Hey Tyler, I pray that all is well. 
and then she would just go in. Like as soon as she said that, that's how you know. And it was like, mm, it was bad. <laughs> you know what's so funny? What? When I'm about to send an email <laughs> and I'm about to tell you nicely about yourself. <laughs> Hello. I hope all is well. Don't tell see, I hate that. Uh it's like it's like PTSD. Because I do. I want you to be in the best state of mind when I lay you out. I want you to know. Y'all cut from the same cloth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know. This ain't about nothing else but you. <laughs> so you gotta be well for this. <laughs> don't don't be confused. I'm cracking up. No, thank you. <laughs> Okay, so, but when did the ball drop for you? When was the moment where you was like, okay, like, maybe I need to so, kind of, like, revisit my what my perspective of this person is? I would have to say, like, all right, so Ephraim and I broke up. Um, we went off to college, as we talked about in other episodes. Um, Ephraim and I remained friends, like, you know, we weren't angry with each other when we broke up. It was just like, you know, I think, you know, he was a little, he was a little sad. He was a little salt. He, he was, was a little, little salt. But I just said to him what I say <laughs> to everybody when they feeling a little salty, like, it's okay. Just thinking that. we all right. <laughs> Sleep on it. We could still be fine. <laughs> right? So... You know, but his mom was there and she could see like he was upset. And as a parent now, I see how when your child is upset, mm-hmm. you're upset. Mm-hmm. Is it so I can you feel like it's see- more with Noah, though, because he's a boy. Like, are you going to be? A- no. Are you going to be a boy mom, Jessica? <laughs> no, I don't feel that. It's any it's any of my any. I don't want to say I'm the kind of mom. That you can't tell me nothing about my kids, but I might be the kind of mom that you can't tell nothing about. Like, I know my kids. I know what they will do and won't do. You know what it is, though? But I also start feeling some type of way. People start saying, like, excuse me. (laughs) You know what it is, though? Because, and this is just you in general, you see the best in people. So you see the best in your kids. Because remember when I was Mm -hmm. in that phase where I didn't like Layla? And yeah, and I was like, you know what? You got one more time to say that out loud. Okay, keep it to yourself. Because why? Why not? <laughs> oh my gosh. But I mean, I appreciate but, it. I mean, you know, sidebar, I, I appreciate that you still had faith in me to take care of Layla still. Yeah, I, I knew you were just going through, you needed a net. <laughs> you needed a net. You were pregnant. You were just acting all like, you know, like, all right. <laughs> okay. And the crazy part. Is- I'm going to excuse you because of your hormones. And the crazy part is that, that Eli literally acts just like Layla now. So like. Oh, that's what happens. Karma. It works out mm-hmm. that way. Okay. But go ahead. Off topic. Go ahead. So, um, you know, like I get it. I understood exactly where she was coming from. Like, you know. And I wasn't even mad. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mad. Like, okay, yeah, you salty too. Once time passes, everybody will be okay. Right? Because I'm thinking this is teenage drama. Mm-hmm. 
It's no big deal. Like I'm a teenager, and I'm like, girl, this is teenager drama. I'm cracking up. I'm a. It's okay. First of all, just the fact that you think that you just like I'm above this. <laughs> this is come on. Like what? We don't need. We don't even need to talk about this. So time went on, and um, you know, Ephraim and I remained friends, and I'm not sure if she knew that. Like I'm not sure if um her and Ephraim had that conversation. Like. You know, so fast forward to when I came back from school, mm-hmm. Ephraim and I started dating again. Um, and she seemed really like she seemed like she was for it. Mm-hmm. And so when I came back to Philly, I didn't want to go back to my mom's house because my mom had left our old house and moved to a smaller house. And I did. I just didn't want to share a room with my siblings. So I'm like, you know. Oh, I'm I'm too old for this. Like I'm not sharing the room and I'm not sleeping on the couch. So I started at first. I stayed with my aunt. Um, she had like some space like at her basement, but it just it wasn't what I was used to. So I was like, eh, I don't like that. So then I was staying with um, a friend uh, at the time, and I was staying in her house, but she was married, mm-hmm. and so. When I first moved in, her husband, her and her husband were like separated. But then, like I was there, and maybe like a month or two, they decided to, you know, rectify their situation. And he came back, and it just was uncomfortable. Like it was a two bedroom, well, one bedroom apartment. It wasn't really that much space. Um, at first, I was sleeping in her room with her, but then he came, and I was sleeping on the couch. Then, like, sometimes he'd be watching TV and, like, I'm asleep. It was just, it was weird. Yeah. So, um, the one night, Ephraim was like, well, why don't you come over here? So, I went over there. I slept over there. Girl, I never left. <laughs> like, you know, you should just stay. You should just stay. Just go back to Nadera's house, get your stuff, and stay here. Mm-hmm. So, um, I did that. And... She, I was under the impression that Ephraim talked to his mom about it. Because who invites somebody to live in their house without talking to the person who, like, is the head of the household? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm there and I'm like, staying the night, staying the night, staying the night. And after a few nights, um, she's like, called us into her room and she's like so what's going on like what you know what's happening here and I'm looking like what are you talking about so Ephraim was like you know um, Jessica is gonna stay here now mind you at the time like it was already gonna be temporary like I wasn't planning to stay there forever because I'm just not that type of person so um, he was explaining to her like what my plan was. Jessica's going to stay here until she saves up her money from working and she plans to get a place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was going to also use like some of my income taxes, which wasn't much back then because I didn't have no dependents or anything. Mm-hmm. So I was going to use some of my income taxes to get like furniture and, you know, right. the usual. And so she was like, OK, that's fine. You know. At this point, it was like, it's so funny because every time 
when me and Ephraim first met, we start we started talking. It was November. We met in October. We, you know, started talking in November. The second time around, it was November again. Nice. So by this time, it was probably like December or so. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was like, you know, January, I'm going to find my taxes. I'll be out of your hair by the end of February. Right. And she's like, okay, that's that's fine. Um, for now, you can just like contribute toiletries. So I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, and that's what I did. Um, but it started like that's around the time when it started to get a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like it started to feel like a power struggle. Like, um, you know, Ephraim was working at the time, but he was working like a part time job and um he was going to community at the time but he wasn't really sure what he wanted to do Mm -hmm. so um we were 20 so he's like going to community and he's like you know i don't really know what i want to do my major is liberal arts but i don't really know and i'm like well then why are you doing it like you're accumulating debt (laughs) you don't really know what you want to do like i think you should do something else like and he started expressing his interest in real estate. And I'm like, well, why don't you switch over and take like real estate courses? He's like, yeah, I could do that. And then he would talk to his mom about it and she would get upset. She was like, no. Um, at the time she was in community also. Mm-hmm. So they were like going like together. together. Was she also doing yeah. liberal arts? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um it was like, it was just, it felt like I would give suggestions or like, I'm like, well, maybe you should just focus on work. Like, why don't you unenroll for the semester? Because he also wasn't really doing very well because it was like he was going just to go. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't, Ephraim is very smart. Like, it's no reason that, you know, he wasn't passing the classes except for the fact that he didn't care mm-hmm. to pass the class. So I'm like, you know, I just feel like you're accumulating that. And it's just a bad idea. Like, you know, you're going to regret this later when you're 30. Mm-hmm. He was like, all right. You know, I agree. So I'm like, you know, why don't you just get a job, a full-time job? And she was upset that I recommended that. And she, um, I suggested Walmart because, like, you know, he's 20. He don't have any work experience. I'm like, Walmart is an okay place to start. Like, you know, people start McDonald's, Burger King, right. Walmart. Mm-hmm. So, um, she was like, you know, no, no, like absolutely not. That's, that's, I don't want him working there. Um, so I'm like, why? Like, I don't understand. So he did end up, end up working at Walmart. Um, and then came the time when I was moving. Mm hmm. So I was moving into my own place um, at the apartment and Ephraim and I talked about it. And since he was working at Walmart, he was like, you know, I'm going to come. Like, I'm going to come. We'll have a place together. And we decided we would split everything. And, you know, it, it seemed like it, it was a great idea. So, um, um, and then he let his mom know. He told his mom about it and she lost it. Like she flipped out. She got so angry. I had never seen her. Now, before this, 
I had seen her get like a, a little attitude or maybe frustrated because he didn't do something when she told him to do it or, you know, whatever. Because I think also like parents from that generation have this. Um, we talked about this in another episode. This like I own you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in possession of my children. Right. And so like do what I tell you to do. Right. Like, you know, don't question me. Don't, you know, you want your children to think for themselves when they're adults, but you don't want them to think for themselves when it comes to something that you tell them to do. Yes. So I feel like that played a big part in it. And that, and I felt like, and and it's possible that she felt that you were taking him away because you came in, you know, you left him. Get into that. Yeah. Yeah, You left him and then you come back and you just decided you're going to swoop him and take him out of my house. And you just come in and you just changing the the dynamics of the way that we do things. It was me and Ephraim, me and Ephraim, me and Ephraim. And now you want to step in and decide this is what it should be. Who are you to influence his thoughts? thought patterns right (laughs) and and later we talked about it Mm -hmm. like this is fast forward fast forward i I don't even want to get to that part yet but we did talk about it and she did say that oh nice that that's what she was feeling at that time so um so we move in and you know she from there it was like Problem after problem after problem after problem. It was constant conflict. It was over everything, anything, anything I could possibly think of. We went to Walmart for shopping for the apartment. You know, I'm like, you know, you should come. Because at that age, even at that young age, I understood like, okay, I need to have a good relationship with her because I love her son. Mm -hmm. Right. And not only is he an only child, but he loves his mom. Right. Right. And so I don't want, I don't want to have this, like, this is strange to me because like I said, my, my mom and her mother-in-law had a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And at the time I didn't realize still that this was an actual, like, this is a thing. Yeah. You thought maybe outside that, of what I was experiencing. You thought maybe right? this is like growing pains or something. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, you should come. So she came with us and we argued in Walmart like the entire time. Why green? Why not blue? Why an eight by 10 rug and not a five by seven? You know, what's funny Why? too is because when you're house shopping, right? Typically it's the female who's already picking out this stuff and the men are just like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, it's whatever. So she probably also thought that you were overpowering um, any any ideas or suggestions that he yes. might have it was to like, put well, into it. What do you want? Well, son, what do you want? What do you want? And, and honestly, like, I don't know. I'm saying, like, if men don't even care, like just pick something. Just- it don't matter. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, and just during that time, it just felt horrible. And I remember, I think I was talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember saying like, if me and Ephraim don't work, this is going to be why. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't remember what you said to me, but I remember like, I talked to, you know, a few people about it. I talked to my mom. I talked to Ephraim. I talked to you. Like, like, I don't know what's wrong. Like, I don't know what, I don't know. Like, I just don't understand. I remember me saying what? something akin to, you got to have Ephraim talk to her. It has to be him 
that's going to talk to her. So we were at the apartment and we were there um, for about a year. But during that time, so it was like, like I said, it was a power struggle. It was a fight for his time. It was a fight for his resources. And it was like, you know, well, I need help. And or you got to sleep over here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm making these days up right now because I don't remember what days it was. But like, you know, you got to you have to come here because, you know, when am I going to ever spend time with you? And I'm like this is weird. Like Mm -hmm. what, what do you mean? You want him to sleep like girl. So in that time, I just really didn't understand. And I, to be honest, like now when I look back, I wasn't trying to understand. Like Mm -hmm. I just wanted her to cut it out. Like just stop. I mean, I honestly think that you did a good job though, for even not trying to understand I already know, like, like, you know, when Andrew got out of jail, so he he got like that when Kai was six weeks, when I was pregnant with Kai, I was six weeks pregnant, and he didn't get out mm-hmm. until Kai was um, seven. Right. And I had issues with his mom that whole time, but when he came home, he thought that me and him was going to get back together, which is a whole nother story. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I right. told him... I'm gonna tell you first off besides the issues that me and you got the number one reason why me and you will never be together is because of your mother I could I could never and it's because you know I went through so much with her um you know besides you know the 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 arguments that I I had to have with her you know when I was pregnant but then even when Kai was younger I remember I had picked her up once from her house because Kai used to go over her house every weekend and I had mm-hmm. picked her up and I had a male friend in the car with me and she just started like spazzing like that's not her dad. She has a dad and he's a great dad. And I'm like, no one, no one is saying, okay, right. No one's saying that he is or he isn't. Yeah. What are you, what are you talking right. about? And she was like, she don't need him. Da, 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 da. And then she called my mom, which I was livid about that because I'm like, I'm an adult. Like I live on my own. I take care of my own child. So you calling my mom to tell on me, like I'm not a child. To, to be handled, right. you know what I mean? And it's the same thing how you saying, like that that possessiveness of, of your child, but she was trying to possess me. She was even my mom. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of felt that too. Like I felt like, also m- my mom and I have a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming from this place of like, everybody having good relationships. Like I have an awesome relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. I, has, I have an awesome relationship with my siblings. Mm-hmm. She has an awesome relationship with her mother-in-law. Like I, this type of behavior and communication and conflict on a regular everyday basis, I'm not used to that. Mm-hmm. Like the yelling, the cursing, the, the tone, like I'm just, that's, it was so far from what I was accustomed to that it was almost like, oh, <laughs> okay, so we enemy. Like, so, like, are we? This is we got be no seriously, so, yeah. And like, you know, I I try. I felt like I tried to explain it. Like, you know, like I don't like it when you talk. To, and this is I teach Layla this. So, but you're also good for like. Please don't talk to me that like that. Like yeah. I will not hear you if you talk to me like that. <laughs> right, and I explain like you know I don't like to be yelled at. I don't like to be cursed at. Like. 
please speak to me kindly. Please speak to me with respect. You can be upset with me without disrespecting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm also the type of person that I will, I demand that in a way that is like, is that or nothing? Mm -hmm. Like you're either going to respect me when you speak to me or we're not going to have this conversation. We're not going to have any conversation. So that's, I think that's where me and you are alike. Mm-hmm. Um, but the approach is different. So mm-hmm. Kai's grandmom. So, okay. So she called my mom trying to tell on me and she was like, yeah, he looks like he smokes weed and just like trying to paint this bad picture of him. Mind you, my mom already knew like the guy that I was dating at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Cause we, we actually had lived with my mom, me and the, this guy who was living with my mom a couple months prior right. to this. So, I, I didn't let my daughter go over there for like two weeks just to kind of like let things cool off before I have, you know, the conversation. And I called her up and I was like, you know, let's talk. So, you know, I set my boundaries. I was like, hey, you know, it's not okay for you to say these things about my boyfriend. You don't know him. You don't, you know, participate in the child rearing of, of Kai and you are not privy to know like who I'm dating or, or any of mm-hmm. these things. And she was like, cool. Like she understood those boundaries. She was like, fine. And then I was like, you know, as far as your son is concerned, like, no one is no one's denying your son access to be a father, you know, if that's what he wants to do. I'm here for it. But at this time, like, you know, Kai is almost two. He doesn't call. I we don't talk to him or mm-hmm. we don't write him nothing. Like there's no contact really. The only contact that we have is his mother. Mm-hmm. And so I had told her, like, you know, as far as your son is concerned, he can't develop a relationship with my daughter until he develops a relationship with me because as of right now, I don't trust him. And that has a Mm -hmm. lot to do with like the reason why he got locked up and, you know, like information that I'm just not privy to. Um, So I just told her like, you know, I I, I don't trust him right now. So he has to contact me and we have to work out some things before we can start, you know, anything else. And then that Mm -hmm. was, that was a boundary for her. Like me saying, Mm -hmm. I don't trust her son. I had crossed the line. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hold up, bitch. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. oh, she said that word? Yeah, no, she said it. And she was like, Mm-mm. who the fuck is you to tell me you don't trust my son? And I was like, the the one who had his baby, you know? Like, I, I just, just how I feel. I feel like, like I'm not, I got, I get a place somewhere to be able to say if I don't or don't trust somebody. And she was like, you know, trying to, trying to hit me where it hurts. She was mm-hmm. like, um, well, if you ain't trusting him, you shouldn't open up your legs to him. Well, I trusted him then. But, but like, I changed my mind. Right, right. But here's the thing, right? Like, my, my mother's Danielle. She got a mouth. Mm-hmm. Not that she's ever cursed me out in this way, but like, words do not hurt me. Like, when I say it does mm-hmm. not hurt me, we could play this game. So I just told her, I said, girl, you right. I shouldn't have. But we're here now. Like, we're here now. It doesn't really matter right. what I should or shouldn't do. The child is here. I can't take that back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it ended up with me and her fighting. Like, I was fighting my daughter's grandma. And I was like, this. Oh, no. I was like, this is crazy. And and it wasn't no. like she threw the first punch. And it really was like a reflex. and just like two-piece her real quick and stepped to the side. Like, listen, lady. Like, I'm going to defend myself, but I don't want to fight you. Right. <laughs> wow. So yeah, no. Having that experience, and then like meeting my husband, this is when I was like, "You don't marry the person; you marry the family." Right. 
And so I was like, so all types of questions, like, well, how your mom feel about this? And how is your mom like this? You know, because we spent the first year of our relationship in Cuba, not knowing anyone's like family. It was just us. Mm-hmm. So I'm like asking all these questions, like I want to know. And so like, finally, when I got to meet his mom, she kind of like came to me and was asking me like, what my boundaries are like, is it okay if I do this? And kind of like how my grandma was with my mom. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to like her. Like, I'm going to like her, but you never know. You got to give th- these things time because people change yeah. once you locked in. Um, and do you feel like you guarded yourself? Like because of your previous experience, do you feel like you didn't really give her a chance in the beginning? I don't feel like I guarded myself, but I was more like observant, kind of mm-hmm. like a like an abuse victim. No, like that's not funny, but <laughs> yeah, it kind of no, like I was just like hyper vigilant. Like I hear what you're yeah. saying, but I'm also looking at your body language. I mean, but because it is abuse, yeah. like people don't realize, like you know, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be your partner. Mm-hmm. Like that was abuse. Like. And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at her body language when she's talking to me, but I'm also looking at how she talks to and treats um, my husband's brother's wife because mm. they have been together since they were like 15, 16, and she lived with them for a long time. And I'm like, okay, well, what's that dynamics? Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed pretty good. So I was like, okay, you know, we're good. Right. Um, and I think that, I would like to say that we have a good relationship. I think she would say the same thing. I'll, you know, I can't quite speak mm-hmm. to her. But one thing about her that gets me, and I actually say this to my husband all the time too. Now that she's more comfortable with me, she talks so much trash about my sister-in-law. Mm. And like, she'd be dogging her. Sometimes I'd be like, Is- are you the favorite? I don't know. So first of all, I never think I'm the favorite, right? <laughs> I think, I just be like, well, who... Who she be talking to about me when she be knows <laughs> not I'm the favorite, but like, all right, so who you been to about me? Right. You no, know, that's how I thought. And I was like, so, that's a fair question. So then I started like guarding the things that I tell her. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, you know, she's like, how are you and Ryan doing? You were good. And then she also has like that, like that, like psychic thing about her. Like she'll call up, like I had a dream about fishes, somebody's pregnant or, you know, I just had, this, <laughs> I just had this feeling about something. Y'all probably not doing too good. Or like, like, or like if, if Ryan oh, is like, no, if Ryan, lady. yeah, like if Ryan's like ups, not even upset, if he's just like tired. Cause like, let's say he went to go pick her up to go do something, but it's early in the morning and you know, he works overnight. She'll like, are you up? She's like, you seem like upset. Is everything okay with you and Tyler? So like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are you fishing, fishing for information? Like get out of here. Yeah. So I want to ask her. It's probably her mother, her motherly like instinct. Mm-hmm. She's a yeah. she's a mama's boy. Like she she's a, a boy mom, um, mm-hmm. but it's not as severe. So I'm like, okay. And it's mostly with um, Ryan's brother, who is the oldest, which makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, like, cause I'm so direct. I just wound up asking her one day, I said, do you be talking about me like this to somebody? Cause I need to know. And she was like, mm-hmm. she was like, no, if I had a problem with you, I would just come to you and tell you. I was like, okay. Cause you can come to me and tell me we can talk about. Well, what do you think she could possibly have a problem with you about? Like, what could it? Well, because some of the things that she complained about with my sister-in-law are like, it's like from her perspective, like I said, I think she, you know, she victimizes herself a lot. So I think she sees her children as victims as well. Mm-hmm. So like my sister-in-law, 
apparently, and this is this is speculation, right? Because I don't really know how true it is. But she, she when the okay, so their oldest two kids is um fourteen and fifteen. Mm-hmm. And so when they were younger, like like one two years old, apparently she had left um, my brother in law. And like, like they broke up and she decided to keep him with the kids, which I'm like, yeah, feminism, keep them, keep the kids with the man. Cause I, I tell my husband, Listen. I tell my husband all the time, we ever divorced, you're keeping the kids, period. I come visit. I want to be the weekend parent. Tyler, Listen. I met it. <laughs> <laughs> so she left and my mother-in-law was telling me like, yeah, she said that her kids were crack babies. Um, when she was dating this guy, and I'm like, that's I, I'm, I'm like, like sharing like hurtful things. That's like you know unnecessary. Yeah, like why do I need to? Ha- I don't need that background information. <laughs> like you know, thank goodness it's, it worked out right. But even like now, recently, like she had moved out, and she was like, she just left her kids. I was like, no, she didn't leave her kids. She moved out, and the kids are with their dad, who is just as a, a good enough parent as she would have been. But again, they're Hispanic. They have that kind of like the Hispanic culture mindset where it's the women who provides for the children. Like, yeah, like maternal, um, matriarchal right. kind of structure right. to family. Yeah. And I think it's also because when she was married to my father-in-law and they divorced, he didn't help with the kids. He kind of just like moved away. And, it, and and she talks about that all the time. Her experience was just, it was her and her boys and her and her boys. So she doesn't see it as like, it can be in like a, another way around with just, I guess the dad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But other, yeah. other than that, I think I like her, you know, she, she um, helps out when she can. Um, she buys the kids like um, clothes or shoes, like, like every time like, the school year comes around or, when I gave birth, she came and she stayed with me for like a week and a half or so. So things mm-hmm. like that, like the the type of things that you need in your village, um, that type of support. Right. She is she was she is for it, and that's what I like a lot about her. Um, right. And I think now, you know, after we had that conversation about like if she was talking trash about me or not, and she said no, and if she is, you know, it's like whatever at this point. But um, I do feel more comfortable like telling her stuff now. Yeah. So I guess the next like thing is like, okay, so, you know, you have a mother-in-law or, or father-in-law, you know, cause we talk about mother-in-laws, but there's fathers too. Like, you know, like what's your relationship with Ryan's dad? What? I love that man. Okay. First yeah. off, he doesn't even call Ryan. He only calls me and he already knows like, He's like, you run things. I'll just run things by you and 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 figure out things by you. But I mean, that's probably also that like um, like you were saying that matrilineal part of Hispanics. Um, because even when his cousins like come down to Florida and they want to like spend time with us, they'll reach out to me. They won't like Ryan, like, why ain't nobody call me? <laughs> um yeah. but my father-in-law, he's funny, he's really down to earth, he gets it. And I had a conversation with him once about like his marriage to Ryan's mom. I'm like, what like what happened? Like, was it you? And he, you know, mm-hmm. he was very honest, like, yeah, no, I just did a lot of shit. You know, and yeah, it was and, me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like just real smooth about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, been there, went to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was me but other than that I'm the yeah, drama. right 
But other than that, me and him have a really good relationship. I think it's really um, like a goofy relationship. Like one time he was, he goes to Puerto Rico like four times a year. And one of those times he was like, yo, like I got a layover in Orlando. Like I'm gonna come see y'all. Ryan's like, cool. He took off for work, all this stuff. The day came, we ain't get no phone call, no nothing, no time. Cause we was like, you know, let me know when your flight lands so we can come pick you up. We ain't get nothing. And so for months, we just ain't talked to him because we don't talk to him that often. You know, he just out living his best mm-hmm. bachelor life. Um, and then he finally called one day and he was like, hey, like, how come I haven't? And he was like, why you ain't y'all you ain't call me for my birthday? And I was like, oh, I was still waiting on that phone call to pick you up from the airport. Are you <laughs> are you there? Should we come now? And he was like, oh, you got jokes. You got jokes. So like, you know, we're really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you the relationship with you in in Ephraim's dad? Because he wasn't really involved for a while, right? No. Um, so Ephraim's dad like spent some time um, in prison when Ephraim was younger, and so their relationship I feel like is more so like a friend relationship, not like a parent, because he wasn't there for like the the parenting part. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that was all his mom, and like. He, I feel like, just to start, first of all, I do. I love Ephraim Set. Like, he's he's really sweet. He's funny. And he teaches he the kids loves, softball. He, he <laughs> yeah, ball, he, he's, ball. Their, he's their T-ball coach. He's, you know, involved with his grandkids, like, a lot more than, you know, what Ephraim experienced. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, just coming from my own experiences with I guess consistent people Mm -hmm. like I'm guarded in that way like I'm like listen if you're not consistent like you know I'm I love you but like not you're like you're like either you're here you're not here like but you don't like in between yeah so how consistent has he been lately because I didn't even know he was yeah he's He's really, he's consistent. I feel like, like, you know, like his dad just has things that I feel like he should, he should really work on. He should go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know how I am about therapy. I feel like everybody needs a little bit of therapy. Because he had like, I've listened to a lot of stories that like Ephraim's mom tells me and like even he told me or Ephraim told me like about his family and his like it was traumatic. Mm-hmm. He had a really traumatic childhood. And I feel like it kind of prevents him from really having the best relationship that he could have with Ephraim. Mm-hmm. And so. Wow. This episode has been so insightful. There's more we have to say on the topic. Tune in next week for part two. Be sure to follow us at The Apothecary and Lotus Family Education Center on Instagram.